0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. Now, if you would, have you found the book of Genesis? Now, I want to remind you here today, we're in this series called The Almighty Dollar. and Today is actually the the final day that we're in the series. And so, we're going to put the dessert on the table for you today. Is that all right? We've eaten some good food, but today it's about the fudge and the cherry on top, the whipped cream... Ice cream, just just say whatever you like. But I'm here to remind you of a couple of things first, and that is that we do not have, as children of God, I think I've got a ring in this. Can you all hear that? A ring in this system? Uh, We do not have to, as the children of God, ask God to bless us. I'm going to say that again. We did not have to, as the children of God, ask God to bless us. The moment that you received Christ into your life, you got every blessing of God. He is the provision for every blessing in your life. You are no more blessed today than you'll be when you get to heaven. Well, that don't sound right, Pastor Eric, because I know that I struggle with sickness and I struggle with these things and problems and hurts and pains and all this stuff. But I know it's not going to be in heaven. Yeah, you're right there. You're right there. But I'm talking about in the spirit. In the spirit. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus right now. In the spirit, that is a reality. Now, I know you're looking at yourself in the mirror and going, but it don't look like a reality. But it really is a reality. That's who you are. That's what Christ has done on the inside of you. You became eternally alive. Your spirit became born again the moment you put your faith in Christ. You became something altogether different than what you see. Praise God. Old things were passed away and all things have been made New. So you don't need to ask God to bless you. You're already blessed. You're blessed, and you will be a blessing. The very same pronouncement that God gave put over Abram in the Genesis chapter 12 is the very same pronouncement over your life today because you are blessed with believing Abraham. You don't have to pray the prayer of Jabez to get blessed. How many of you bought the book? I'm not against the book I'm really not I'm just saying to get blessed you don't have to pray that prayer you don't have to say the Lord's Prayer 150 times and and i go through all this rigmarole to get blessed you don't have to have some man in a funny-looking hat give the cross sign over you to get to bless you hmm you don't have to go through a curse-breaking ceremony to be blessed you simply have to believe that you are blessed come on are you with me today it really is this simple I love God he just made it so simple for us Jesus said if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes he took the lid off right there didn't he Genesis 26 and there was a famine in the land verse 1 there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham and Isaac which is Abraham's son went unto Abimelech king of the Philistines unto Gerar and the Lord appeared to him and said go not down into Egypt dwell in the land which I tell you of. Now there is a reason why the Lord is telling Isaac not to go into Egypt. Because Isaac's father Abraham, he came into the land that God had promised him, and guess what? There was a famine in that land, and Abraham hightailed it to Egypt. And Isaac saw this obviously as a good thing, because when Abraham left Egypt, he was rich in cattle, in gold and silver, in possessions, in land, I mean, he was really wealthy. And so Isaac thought, okay, there's a famine in the land. I must do what daddy did. But God said to him, do not go down to Egypt. You know, I think that uh, God was going to show Isaac something about his nature, and I think he's going to show all of us something about his nature in this that he doesn't do the same thing twice. Yeah. He doesn't do I don't think he likes doing the same thing twice. I think he likes to keep us kind of wondering. See, this is where we have to simply watch God be God, and He will take care of us. He, He, He has His own way of doing it, though. You know, I don't, I don't mind how the blessing of God come in my life. God, you just do it. Just fulfill your promise, fulfill your word, and He always has been faithful to do that. But you know, how many of you ever ridden a really scary roller coaster? Hmm. Now, the moment you talked yourself into getting on that little train. And then you know, the moment they clamp that bar down, you're like, oh, great. You know, and you still think, well, I could get off, but then it starts moving, you know. And then you start click, 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 click up the, up the great hill, you know. I, that's how I was, on, when we got on that Titan at Six Flags, You ever ridden? The, the most hor- horrifying roller coaster I've ever been on. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And, you know, going up it, and man, I'm, I could feel the blood just falling out of my body, you know. Just so, my hands and feet tingling you know, hyperventilating a little bit, you know, and finally we make it up that hill and go down, and and it was just as horrible as I had imagined. All the way down that hill and got to the bottom and realized that I survived the event, you know, and only to come up another hill and, you know, all this stuff. And then once we got off the ride, my second thought was, and I don't know why, let's do it again. My son just rode uh, a ride called the Goliath at... um, Fiesta Texas, we we're down there in San Antonio. And it's kind of like the Batman at Six Flags. And I, I you know I told him I said, "Son, you're going to ride this ride, you're going to love it because he's ridden the Titan. I mean, I don't think there's any other roller coaster that's scary." You know, and I said, "You've ridden that. This is nothing." He said, "I don't want to ride that ride." Well, he lost the argument and uh he got on the roller coaster and uh Well, y'all think I mean for doing that? You're going to have fun. Get on there. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, so he got on the ride and uh and so he, we took off and uh and I, I didn't get to sit with him, so it was kind of—I didn't have to listen to him screaming or anything, you know. So we rode the ride, and as soon as we got off, he came over and said, "Daddy, let's do it again." And I said, "I knew you would like that, you know, but it's just that uncertainty—am I going to survive this thing?" And when you figure out that you survived it, guess what? You want to do it again. And whatever experience that God brings you out of or takes you into, whatever good thing comes into your life, your thought is, "Do that again." You know, you find yourself and they say, Lord, I've been here before and I know what you did before. Can you just do that same thing that you did before? And he's like, no. No, I'm going to take care of you. But this is where I'm God. And Isaac thought the, 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 the thing that God was going to do is I just need to go to Egypt. And God said, uh-uh, not Egypt. I'm going to be your God too, not just your father's. And you know what? He's God. he'll prosper you in Egypt he'll prosper you in a land racked with famine he doesn't need the perfect circumstance or place he just needs someone to believe that no matter where they may be they are blessed of God they'll prosper not because things look better in this place or that but because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that they could ask or think according to the power that works in them wherever they are hmm? in a land of famine this morning I'm here to give you good news God is with you in the land of famine you're struggling right now in your finances I'm here to tell you God's blessing is upon your life he still wants to prosper you are you hearing that is still his will no matter where you have found yourself today this is not the end for those who will believe. Genesis 12, 10, just give you a scripture reference there. It says, And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. So that's why Isaac did what he did. Now go back to Genesis 26, and we'll skip down to verse 12. It says, Then Isaac sowed in that land. Which land was that? It wasn't Egypt. Isaac sowed in a land of famine. Now that's crazy. I mean the natural mind tell you that is crazy. You don't go throwing seed in the ground, Isaac, when things are bad. You don't, put, you don't go around putting money in the offering plate when you ain't got no money. You hold on to it. Man, it got so quiet in here when I said that. Isaac sold in that land and received in. Listen, it received in the, not five years down the road, received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. I want to encourage you here today. No matter where you are, God can and will prosper you. Amen. Verse 13, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. Man, oh man, so in a land of famine. And I like the way the, the New King James says, Genesis 26, 13, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Hallelujah. I want that testimony. I want to be, I want to prosper, I want to continue prospering until I become very prosperous. Because the very same blessing was on Isaac. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Say it loud. It's on you. Why did the Lord bless Isaac? Why did He do this for him? Did all this prosperity happen because Isaac was such a great guy? Hmm? Did all this prosperity happen? Because Isaac was a man of integrity and character? No, not really, because just before that, he had he'd been to Abimelech, King Abimelech and lied to him about his wife and told him that she was his sister. That's another thing his daddy did, too, you learned from his father. Hmm? So this is my, He just kind of threw his wife under the bus. He was afraid that if he said that she was his wife, see, if she was his wife, that he would kill him and take, his, take her for his wife. So he just said, oh, she's my sister. Meaning, do whatever you want. Well, wow, Isaac. Not much integrity there, is there? Not much character there? I don't think any wife wants their husband to do anything like that. No, just a little while earlier, this happened. So Isaac wasn't blessed because he was such a spiritual man, Isaac was blessed because he was in covenant with God. Are you hearing me today? Isaac was blessed because he was in covenant with God just like you have a covenant with God What is that covenant the very same thing that God pronounced over him to Abram? Just like I said Genesis 12 2 and I will make you a great nation I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless them that bless you and curse Them that curse you and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed This is all the families right here part of it anyway. You are all the family in him Will be blessed to sum it up you are blessed and you will be a blessing anybody believe that today Isaac's covenant was ratified by the blood of circumcision but praise God your covenant has been established by the blood of the everlasting covenant the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ himself you have a better covenant today established on better promises there's no more sure thing out there as good as Isaac's covenant was yours is better And see, you have to know that so that you can know what you need to do to have it working in your life. I mean, it has been provided, but it's not automatic. You have to do something. It's been provided. Just like God provided the promised land for the children of Israel. But what they had to do, they had to go take it. It was freely theirs. But they had to go get it. The only way to obtain God's blessing of prosperity is to believe first that it is for you. And then walk it out by faith. it has to be received your part is simply to possess the provision you know there's a place reserved for everybody in heaven there really is there's there's so much strange preaching about God's view toward mankind and a lot of times they forget about Jesus and what he did and just what he did to provide the way to God for salvation and to heaven they, they forget, they, they get on this do's and don'ts, and you got to do this, and you got to be right, and you got to act straight, and you better, do, you better cut this off, and you better grow this out, and you better stop, you know, all this kind of stuff. To, it's all self-righteousness. But God provided, God's not trying to keep people out of heaven. Salvation is not something we're juggling and hoping to God that we keep all the balls in the air, you know. Oh, God, I hope I can just make it. That's the bottom of the barrel of Christian living. That's that's no understanding of what Jesus did for you. That's man's religion. And God has. Turn to uh, Revelation chapter 3. I want to show you something really powerful. See, I I learned as a kid, it might have been through my dad's bad preaching at the time before he really knew very much, but... uh, Just kidding. I heard heard as a kid um, that when you got saved then you got your name written in heaven. How many of you ever heard that? The moment you get saved, you get your name written in heaven. You, did you preach that? So I learned that from you. How many of you have heard that? When you get saved, you get, your name, you, you get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I heard that a lot. But, but that's not what the Bible teaches. This is how thoroughly God's convinced that the world is saved. Romans chapter 5, it okay if I just go off on this for just a second, because I think, I think you need to hear this today. Romans chapter 5 says that God was in Christ, was, past tense, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and given us now the ministry of reconciliation. So when, when did that happen? In Christ. That happened when Jesus Christ bowed his head had poured out all of his blood for the sins of all mankind, bowed his head, died on the cross, was buried, and rose again from the dead. And that, by that one act, the whole world, in God's eyes, was reconciled. All of his anger, all of his wrath toward man and toward man's sin was over. The battle, the war, was over. Revelation chapter, oh, let me give you 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. We, you've heard us say the scripture a lot. It says, Whatever is born of God, Who's, anybody born of God in here? Hmm? Wh- Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our, say it loud. What is the victory? That's not what takes you to victory, it actually is the victory. Okay, whatever is born of God overcomes. That word overcomes is the Greek word nikao, N-I-K-A-O, and it means to conquer, to carry off the victory. All right? That that word is used there and in verse 5 and then in Revelation. All right, Revelation chapter 3 says, He that overcometh, or can we just say it like this? He that has faith. He that believes. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name. Out of the book of life. I will not blot it out. You mean it was there? It was already there? Already there. See, the moment the moment Jesus Christ re- did, did what he did, God reconciled the world into himself, he wrote everybody's name in heaven, expecting everybody to be there. Expecting everybody to be there. And they have to show up there and reject it. Convince him they don't want to be there by their lack of faith. They show up to heaven. He doesn't see faith. You didn't believe this. I had a I had a reserve seat for you here at the feast at the marriage feast. I had a I had a mansion built for you here. I, I had everything for you. You didn't. All you had to do was believe it. All you had to do. You didn't believe. Then you get what you want. And then hell, the Bible says, is continually knocking down walls and extending its borders because no man was ever designed to go there but they go there and they have to keep building on and here's heaven wide open waiting and has a place for every man what a sad thing what a sad thing for somebody to go through life and never believe and never put their faith in Christ I think the problem is that they're not really hearing the gospel I think what they're hearing is a bunch of religion If they just hear the simple truth that Jesus Christ died for your sins, he was buried, and he rose again from the dead, and if you'll believe that, you'll live forever. Hallelujah. If you'll just hang on what Jesus did and believe that he is the only way to God, there is no other way. There are no other gods. There are no other places. Yeah, they're all out there, but none of them are going to take you to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. See, God didn't make it complicated for us. He, he didn't, the Bible does not say he so loved the world that he gave us Buddha and he gave us Muhammad and he gave us this way and however you want to do. And then there's also Jesus in that mix too. No, no, no. God didn't complicate it. He gave us the whole world one answer. He so loved the world that he didn't. just made it simple. Believe in Jesus and you got it. He's it. Get on that road right there. He'll take you all the way to heaven. Praise God. I'm here to encourage you today. God wants you in heaven more than you want to be there. That's good preaching, Pastor. I don't think they're convinced yet. But Look at 26, 13 again, Genesis. And the man, that is Isaac, waxed great, went forward and grew until he became very great. That word uh, uh, waxed, or went forward, that is, in the literal text says that his life Began to flow like a river. Whew. He waxed great, and his life began to flow like a river. You remember John seven thirty eight, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, Isaac could have run to Egypt just like everybody else could. Egypt just simply represents the world system, and you can respond, and you can react, and you can regurgitate whatever the world's offering you, and get the world's results. Mm-hmm. Or you can, in the face of troubling and uncertain circumstances one being where our economy is right now you can in the face of all that believe that you will prosper in the land which you sow. Isaac did something he knew he was blessed but he took action in a place where there seemed to be no blessing he sowed a seed because he knew he was blessed not to get blessed are you hearing me we don't We don't tithe and we don't give offerings to get blessed. We do it because we are blessed. And when you get that revelation, you begin to act on it like that. God can't help himself but perform his word in your life. Hallelujah. Verse 14, for he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. Envy means they wanted what he had. One of the words for blessed is fortunate, happy to be envied. Yeah. A few years ago when I was living in San Angelo, I had a friend come over to my house. I hadn't seen him in years. His name was Joey. And he walked in our house, and he said, Man, Eric, what have you been doing? He said, This is great, man. Look at all the things you had. You're really, what have you been doing? I said, Well, I've been knocking over liquor stores, you know, on the side and getting some extra money. No, I'm just kidding. I said, I, I, It really kind of took me by surprise. I, I looked around and thought, really? God, I haven't taken a second look lately. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm in the ministry, you know the big bucks. <laughs> I said, Joey, I don't know what to tell you except Heather and I a long time ago decided that we were going to sow, no matter what. We were just going to take God at his word, keep tithing, keep giving. Did it hurt sometimes? You bet it hurt. Was it easy all the time? No. But we kept doing it because that's what God said. And we just kept doing it. And I said, that's the only way I can explain any, any good thing in my life, any blessing that's coming to my life. Because I promise you, I can't really in the natural afford all this. God's brought this to me. Hmm? God's brought this to me. And I'm telling you, I'd much rather live that way. To have the testimony that God did this than me. Because there ain't no shame in it. There's no sorrow in it. There's no pain in it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. <laughs> when you live your life seeking His kingdom, all these things really will be added unto you. I mean, it's like running a magnet through a bunch of paper clips you know it's got this drawing power to it the blessing of God Just whoosh. Anybody, anybody watch Shark Week on on Discovery I love Shark Week me and me and Dylan man we watch every episode that we can and uh, and so we're watching these stories on these great whites And the great white is the the most dominant shark in the sea by far I mean, it can be up to like 5,000 pounds this creature all right and, and can swim like 25 miles an hour through the water. An amazing creature. They call him the perfect predator. He can, he, can, he can sense movement in the water two miles away. He can smell one drop of blood 500 yards away. One drop of blood. He can sense a heartbeat 300 yards away of a fish or a human. Incredible. We were watching this one show and they had this female shark great white that had come up and they were feeding her these tuna, these big tuna, trying to figure out how much will one of these great whites eat before they're finished. 472 pounds later, she was done. 472, uh, 25% of her weight, she was about a 2,000 pound shark. Incredible creatures. And you know what? Pastor John said it this morning. The first thing that God gave man dominion over was the fish of the sea you have dominion over great whites as long as you don't get in the water with them <laughs> I mean that's why we have boats that's why I better we have land just stay on the sand and you'll be all right <laughs> Well, we weren't meant to be prey to, to anything especially a fish in the sea what we're called to dominate I mean God told to be fruitful and multiply he hasn't changed that dominate subdue the earth have dominion god still he's still working under that system today now there is going to be a day thank god almighty that jesus christ is going to come and take over and make it all right because we've done a bang-up job up to this point haven't we but but we're not called to be dominated deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2 it says i love this scripture all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you the only thing that ought to be overtaking you as a christian the blessings of God the only thing that I'll be hunting you down sneaking up on you are the blessings of God that's the only thing that'll be dominating your life because you're called to dominate everything else if a, if a situation or a circumstance does not include the blessing of God dominate over that thing it's not called to dominate you are you here that's not the will of God well I don't know why the Lord's brought me on this trouble I'm, he must be showing me something hey unbeliever that's not true God didn't bring that circumstance into your life. He's given you a way to conquer in that situation. Jesus said these tribulations and trials, they're coming for the Word's sake. Yeah, what backward preaching to think that, or thinking to think that we, these things come in our life to help us get closer to the Lord when Jesus said the opposite of that. They're coming to take you away from God. Overcome these things with the Word of God. Don't allow them. Come on, don't just give in to anything. The only thing that's allowed to take over my life are the blessings of God. How about you? I'll finish with this story. Just a personal testimony. Heather and I were making a certain amount of money and we wanted to be making more. Can I get a witness? (laughs) We wanted to be making more. How many of you already making so much money you can't stand it and you don't want it anymore I didn't think so okay I'm talking to the right people then and so we wanted to make more money and so we just decided you know we're gonna tithe what we what we want to make we're gonna tithe on what we want to make on our on the increase so we started tithing 50 extra dollars and that was not an easy thing to do but we decided we were gonna do it no matter what and it's funny how when you do something like that now the devil comes right behind that. Here comes the tribulation as soon as the word, and here comes the tribulation comes in and says, Are you out of your flipping mind? Hmm? A kid gets sick, you got to go to the emergency room, tire blows. Something's going to happen to test that faith. Something's going to happen. Are you hearing me? And so you, so we just decided, no, 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 no. We made this decision, we're going to stick to it. And so we did it. We stayed with it. Three or four months went by, I don't remember how long. Pastor, it wasn't Pastor John. Another pastor I was working with, called us in his office one day, he and he didn't even—he didn't know about this, and uh, we just keeping this to ourselves. And he—he he said, "Eric, it's time to give you a raise." I said, "Yeah, it is. It is." No, I didn't say that. I said, "Oh, good." And uh, he said, uh, been, "Been praying about it, thinking about it, and I'm going to increase your pay $500 a month, $500 a month." And it didn't even dawn on me that—that's what we've been believing God for. And I walked away, and all of a sudden, God said. Fifty dollars is tithe off of five hundred dollars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I never would have known. we never would have known that reality had we not done something, had we not sowed a seed. Are you hearing me today? It's the way to get the blessing of God working in your life. Sowing no matter sowing in Egypt, sowing in famine, sowing in McKinney. Amen. Sowing at Cornerstone Worship Center. So at this moment I want to encourage you today we did this this morning in the in the first service just feel like it wouldn't be right preaching this message and teaching you these things if we didn't give you an opportunity to give a faith offering so at the, this time our ushers are going to bring the buckets and we're here really to just sap you of all the money you got right now <laughs> just kidding. well I heard somebody say that in their head so I had to respond to it. no it's not true not true it's just a special offering. There's something specifically that you're believing God for today. Sow a seed for that. If you need an increase in pay, whatever it might be, sow a seed today. The Bible says God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. All right? If you don't have anything, you got a coat button, pull the button off, put it in there. It doesn't doesn't matter, just whatever. Pastor John, you wanna say something? Yeah. I wanna I wanna say this is, this is a very unusual. How many of you have been here with us for, for more than five or six years? Let me see your hands. Okay. You know, we've done this maybe three times in that length of time. This is not trying to drum up more money. We believe this. You heard Pastor Eric's testimony. It wouldn't be right to preach a message to you like this, encourage you for seed time and harvest Without giving you an opportunity today to add your faith to what you just heard, you see, because the thief comes immediately. The devil comes immediately. He's going to try to steal this word out of your heart. We're going to do something about it before the devil has a chance to run to your house and sow the seed. All right? You understand that? That's good, isn't it? Well, just as a testimony, the first service we did that, a man came up to me after the service. He said, Man, I'm so glad you gave us an opportunity. He said, While you're preaching that message, I thought, I want to double my gift that I gave this morning. And he said, And then you called for the for the faith offering you said it was just a, a great blessing so praise God uh, if you need an envelope you want to uh, record your offering please raise your hand hey and listen whatever you're believing for write it out write it out on your envelope alright we're going to believe with you we're going to pray with you I'm thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message for more information about One Cause Church please visit us online at onecausechurch.com